Good morning, Generations Church. I am so excited to be with you all today and to bring an encouraging word um, to not just the women in the house, but also men and boys and girls. First of all, I would like to um, honor my mom. Thank you for carrying me for 10 months in your womb <laughs> and for giving birth to a nine-pound breech baby via C-section, obviously, and um, for training me and raising me to be a woman who loves the Lord, my God, with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, and with all of my strength, and from, for instilling within me the Word of God from an early age. And I would also like to thank my father as well for um, raising me to love the Lord and to always look to him no matter what. Thank you for inviting me to come and preach today. So I would like to wish every woman, regardless if you have biological children, adopted children, spiritual children, or maybe you've experienced the loss of a child or a pregnancy loss, I want to wish you a happy Mother's Day. I know that this day may be hard and may be, not be a joyous day. It may be a day of sadness and grief. And I just want you to know that regardless if you have children that are with you here or if you have children that you are estranged from or maybe you never experienced a relationship with a loving mother, the Lord wants to minister to your heart. I remember growing up in my parents' home and from an early age learning five biblical principles that would become the foundation from which I can continue to grow. In Proverbs 22, verse 6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. My mom shared with me a few years ago that the literal translation of this scripture means placing a child in the bend of a bow. And when they are released, they will not miss the target. My father and I got to spend some time together yesterday evening. And he was explaining to me that back in the day when the bow makers were looking for wood to make the bow, they would bend the bow according to its strengths and weaknesses. So, for example, each child has their own God-given temperament, right? Some of them are great, and some of them are not so great. <laughs> some children do well being yelled at, and some children do not do well being yelled at. Some do better with gentle guidance and encouragement. And the same as the bow maker is bending the wood to make the bow, he doesn't want to break the spirit of the bow. He doesn't want to capitalize on the bow's weaknesses. Same as the Lord. He doesn't capitalize on our weakness. But he continues to mold and make us and build our strengths. And our, in our weakness, he is made strong. So I want to encourage all the parents today too, regardless if you have itty-bitty children or your children are grown and now you have grandchildren, just keep that in mind as you are thinking of them and how you can help foster and disciple them the way God's created them to be. 
So the five biblical principles that I grew up learning. First, I am created in the image of God. I have the mind of Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. And as I was praying and seeking the Lord as to what he would want me to share with you today, one word popped into my mind and he downloaded in my spirit. Can you guess what that word is? It's right above my head. Joy. Yeah. (laughs) So it's a little unconventional, but I figured the foil letters are really popular right now. So I could rock them with my sermon, right? So as the Lord used my parents to instill the word of God in me, my husband Paul and I have taken up that baton and are instilling the word of God in our own children. We moved into our home last year, and Paul had a great idea of getting a big chalkboard and putting it in a place in our home that was visible to all who came into our home and writing a Bible verse on it. And then the idea is to, like, change out the Bible verse eventually. But this has been the verse that's been on it for the past year. It's Nehemiah 8.10, which says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. Our children, Preston and Isabella, they're four and two years old, now know this verse by heart and recite it multiple times a day. Even when I'm frustrated or grumpy or discouraged, Preston will walk up to me and say, Mommy, the joy of the Lord is your what? It's your strength. I'm like, yes, I know, you're right. So if you implant the word of the Lord in your kids, watch out. It's going to come back to you. And it really blesses me, except for the one day we were getting ready for church, and both children were very quiet, and I found them painting. Isabella was painting her body, and Preston was painting the carpet. And we had 10 minutes to get ready and get out the door, if you know what I mean, parents, right? So I was really upset, understatement, and Preston tried to drop that verse at that time. Mom, the joy of the Lord is your, I'm like, he's my strength, but you're still in trouble. Come on. (laughs) So Webster's definition of joy is the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires? Delight. It's the expression or exhibition of such emotion, gaiety, a state of happiness or felicity, bliss, a source or cause of great delight. Did you know that joy is mentioned over 160 times in the Bible? I think it's kind of an an important thing that we need to catch on to. It's also the second fruit of the Holy Spirit, the second fruit of the Spirit that we have to draw upon. The joy of God came to focus in human history in Jesus Christ. The note of joy and exaltation runs through the entire biblical account of Christ's birth, his death, and his resurrection, and his soon-to-be return. 
Amen. Let's look at the birth announcement of all birth announcements. The day that authentic joy was born. In Luke chapter 2, Mary had just given birth to Jesus. And there were some shepherds, pretty sure they were sleeping, trying to keep watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. As Jesus' death approached, he told his followers that soon they would be like a woman in labor whose sorrow would be turned into joy. I don't know if anyone here has experienced natural labor in childbirth, but you can attest that it is no joke and it is hard and it's arduous. And I'm a midwife, and so I am with women um, often during the time where they're laboring and they're bringing forth their child. And the scripture that I encourage them with is the scripture that it's found in Hebrews where it talks about it was for the joy that was set before him that he endured the cross. Not that labor is like the crucifixion, however it may feel like it, but we all have crosses in our life that we have to bear. But if you keep in mind the joy that is set before you, the eternal joy that is set before you, nothing and no one can take that from you. Later, they understood what he meant when the dark sorrow of the cross gave way to the joy of the resurrection. Viewed from this perspective, eventually they came to see that the cross itself was necessary for the joy to become real. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you realize this scripture, what it's talking about, the joy that was set before him? That you and I are that joy? That's such a powerful thing when it truly takes root in your heart that he wasn't scared of death because his ultimate goal was to be reunited with his father with us. Because of his victory and the promise of his abiding presence, the disciples could rejoice even after the Lord's ascension. John 15, verse 10 through 11. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in me just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. The word abide here is the Greek word mino. It's a primary verb, which means to stay in a given place, state, relation, or expectancy. 
to continue to dwell, to endure, to be present, to remain, stand, tarry, not to depart, to continue to be present, to be held, kept, to last, to remain as one not to become different. When you think about abiding in the Lord, remaining in him, not becoming different, we are being transformed into his likeness day by day by day. And it's in the abiding that his joy truly becomes our joy. When we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ and make him Lord and Savior, we are adopted as sons and daughters. I remember when I was in third grade, I came home and I was just really sad, like really sad. I was crying and my mom said, what is going on? Why are you so upset? And I said, mom, you know, all the kids at school tell me that I don't look like you and dad. And I really don't because my parents, dark hair, brown eyes. I was like white blonde hair with green eyes. And the kids would ask me, are you adopted? You're adopted. I think you're adopted. Your mom and dad aren't your real mom and dad. And I began to get a complex until this one day it just exploded and I let it out at home. And my mom kind of laughed and she said, honey, no, you came from, from me and your dad is your dad and I'm your mom. She said, but I'm going to tell you one thing, that children that are adopted are chosen and that makes them really special. So I set out on a quest to meet all the adopted kids that I could meet and just tell them how special they were, right? just thought it was so cool when I met someone that was adopted, and I still think that's cool. And to think that day I had a paradigm shift of what adoption truly means and how God has chosen each and every one of you before you chose him. And you have been adopted as his son and as his daughter. That's something to be really joyful about. That's really awesome. It's at this time of our adoption that we begin our journey in abiding in him, keeping his commandments as his joy becomes our joy. Our identity isn't rooted in where we came from. It's not rooted in what we've done. But our identity is rooted in him as sons and daughters. Remember the video we just watched? It says all adults or all grown-ups were children once, but only a few remember. Have you forgotten that you're a son, that you're a daughter of the king? It doesn't matter how old you are. You'll always be a son and daughter if you have surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. Are you abiding in the Father's love for you? Do you feel like his joy is being made complete in your life? The key to unlocking authentic joy in our lives is remembering whose we are and who we are 
as sons and daughters of the king. Earthly joy is often circumstantial. But the word of God's definition of joy is eternal. You know, oftentimes we think, oh my gosh, if I could just, you know, get this promotion or if I could just go on this vacation or if I just had that car or if I could just date that person or if my kids would just get A's and B's, I would be so happy. What happens if none of that comes to pass? You're just going to be in a bad space, right? True, authentic joy is not circumstantial. It's eternal. Because heaven and earth will fade away, but the word of God stands. And when we grasp hold and we're rooted in his love for us and our identity is rooted in him, nothing and no one can take away that joy. And that joy ultimately is the strength that we need to overcome obstacles, to overcome tribulation, to overcome persecution, to overcome problems in our marriage, problems with our finances. That joy is eternal joy. When I was attending Gateways Beyond Discipleship Training School on the island of Cyprus, one of our leaders, our founding leader, Mrs. Emma Rudolph spoke to the students one day on the dung theory. I know, it's probably kind of inappropriate to talk about dung in church. But she talked to us about this theory and how dung in our lives could steal our joy, but in essence, it could prevent us from becoming and fulfilling all that God has called us to be and to do. The D is for doubt. So the enemy, he plants seeds of doubt. Like, has God really, like, has he really called you his son? Has he really called you his daughter? Who do you think you are? Look at what you did last week. Do you think he really loves you still? And then unbelief sets in. I don't really think God loves me anymore. I don't really think things are going to turn around in my life. And then unbelief leads to negativity. Gosh, never, ever, ever, ever is anything going to ever work out for me. My life just is in turmoil right now. Negativity leads to grumpiness, which we can also equate to as depression. Three years ago, On Mother's Day, I found myself in a big dung pit, like big deep down in the dung. I was newly pregnant with our daughter, Isabella. We had been living in Denver, Colorado for a year. And I had just been diagnosed with a very um, rare virus that affects less than 1% of women in the first trimester. And... Being in the medical field, I knew what the potential outcomes could be for our daughter, such as deafness, blindness, brain damage, or fetal death. And I remember 
just laying on the couch on Mother's Day. I was not happy. I was so sad and so depressed. I'm like, man, this baby hasn't even had a chance at life. And I felt like I had been given a death sentence already for her. That's what the enemy was speaking to me. And it was snowing on Mother's Day. I was just over it. I was over the snow. I just wanted, like, flowers and to go to the park and, you know. So that just added to my emotional state. I remember my husband coming and speaking life to me. Saying, Summer, don't be sad. God's got this. He's going to protect her. And you know what? We also knew that if God blessed us with a child with special needs, we would love that baby just as much as we love our son. So it was during that season that I had to get into the word and worship and wait. And our daughter was born perfectly healthy. We, we were living in Colorado. The university hospital I was working for was doing a research study for this particular virus. And I enrolled in it. They had given us the option to either let nature take its course, don't do anything, abort the pregnancy, or enroll in the research study. And I still don't know which part of the study that I was in, if I actually got the medication that prevented the virus from attacking her, or if I got the placebo. We'll find out when she's six years old, but we just completed the study. It was over at her two-year checkup. And that little girl, let me tell you, she is one of the bravest children I have ever met. She's a little lioness, and I'm excited to watch her grow. So I want to encourage you, if you find yourself right now, you're struggling with doubt or unbelief or negativity or grumpiness, to not surround yourself with negative people because negativity breeds negativity. It's just going to keep you in that state. There's an evangelist who you guys may know, Jeff Collins. He's a friend of mine. He used to say, I think myself happy. <laughs> and I was like, that's so weird. Really? You think yourself happy? But it's so true. If you find yourself just negative Debbie Downer all the time, then you're going to remain in that. So infuse your spirit with the word of God. Infuse your spirit with worship. And let the joy of the Lord as you abide in him become your strength. How can we overcome dung in our own lives? Through worship and prayer. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You know, women, you have the opportunity to set the tone in your home. Turn on worship music. You may already be doing that, but that just changes the whole atmosphere as you invite the presence of the Lord into your home, as you're like washing dishes and doing laundry and cooking, you know. 
Play worship music when you're driving in your car. The word of God says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known to God. And the God of peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then getting into the word. You may be like, well, I have a busy life. I, you know, I, kids are up. We've got school. I've got lunches, work, all this. I get that. But we have technology at our fingertips. You can listen to the word while you're driving to work. You can listen to podcasts. You, if you have time to carve out in the morning, setting up, getting up a little earlier and reading the word. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit and the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Where does doubt come? Comes here into our minds, right? And then it just trickles down into our hearts. But when we get that sword out and we start whacking away at doubt, at unbelief, at negativity and grumpiness, watch out, devil. You have to flee. You have to flee. And then there's the waiting. Who likes to wait? Yeah, no one's raising their hand. I hate waiting. Like, no one wants to wait to be seated at a restaurant. No one wants to wait on Wi-Fi that's not working appropriately. (laughs) No one wants to wait at the doctor's office. But I'm going to share a life scripture with you that has become just so strategic in my own life in regards to waiting. Psalm 27, verse 13 through 14, where it says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. When we're looking at this waiting, it doesn't mean just, you know, sitting around and not doing anything, but waiting with expectation, believing, worshiping, praying, getting in the word, looking for opportunities to serve others. And wonder. Wonder means admiration, amazement, astonishment, awe, and reverence. Standing in the wonder of who he is. I don't know if any of you have heard the song Wonder by Bethel. He has. <laughs> A portion of that song says, May we never lose our wonder. May we never lose our wonder. Wide eyed and mystified. May we be just like a child. Staring at the beauty of our king. There was a dear friend of mine, Bishop Jack D. Hart. I called him Papa. Who, in his last days, I was at his house. And I asked him, 
Papa, do you have any words of wisdom for me? Do you have anything that you want to share with me? And he said, may you never lose your childlike wonder. May you always walk in the beauty and the knowledge and the glory of who Christ is. And may you never lose your childlike wonder. What was the cause of the Savior's joy? It was the joy of redemption. It was the joy of union. It was the sense that he would be united with you and me. That was the joy of Jesus Christ. It was the joy supremely for the glory of God. That was his joy. It was the passion of his life. It bore him through the desolation of his death. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. I will never forget the day I asked Jesus into my heart. I was five years old, and we were living in Houston at the time. We were going to a church called World of Faith, and I was sitting between my mom and my dad's mom. We call her Mama Joy. And I had a vision of my heart, and I saw that my heart was black. It was the first time that I had a revelation of my sinful nature. And then the next thing I saw was the blood of Christ covering my heart and washing it white as snow. And I began to weep. And I looked to my mom and my grandmother, and I said, I'm ready to ask Jesus to come into my heart. And it was that day that they both prayed for me, and led me to the Lord. And I was also filled with the Holy Spirit. I was so blessed to have my mom and my grandmother there on that day as I was adopted into the kingdom of God. And I just want to take a moment to thank you, Mom, for discipling me and for your countless prayers especially when I was in college and I questioned the very existence of God and even my own salvation. I was so confused. But you never relented. You never stopped speaking the word of God into my life, speaking hope, speaking truth. And thank you for that. And you never stopped doing it for Zane either. That's your fruit. Happy Mother's Day. The world's definition of joy is circumstantial, whereas the word of God's definition of joy is eternal. He has put eternity in our hearts. As sons and daughters, may we never lose sight of that and that his joy is our strength no matter what trials or tribulations we face. He is continuing to build character. He's pushing us to persevere and instilling hope in our hearts. And his joy is being perfected in us as we abide in him. Men and women, 
I want to challenge you and encourage you to not grow weary in well-doing. To draw upon the wellspring of joy that resides within you from the Holy Spirit. You may feel like your well is dry, but God wants to fill it up today. He wants to restore to you the joy of your salvation. And maybe you haven't experienced salvation. The opportunity lies here today. And women, moms, you are daughters of the king. Your identity is nothing less. You are royal. You are beautiful. You are worthy. And you are loved. In this journey of motherhood, that's often wonderful and messy and tiresome and beautiful and rewarding. May you find time each day to worship and pray, to get into the word, to wait, and to bask in the wonderment of who Christ is and abide in his love. I pray for everyone that he would grant you the wisdom and knowledge on how to disciple your physical children, but also your spiritual children and your grandchildren. He is our source. And apart from him, our heart and our strength will fail. Remember that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And in closing, I want to share just one more thing with you. This is Mama Joy. This is my dad's mom. My dad's first Mother's Day without his mom. Love you, Dad. Many of you got to know Joyce Latta, whom I'm named after and my daughter is also named after. She's an amazing woman full of love and grace and strength. She was a mother to the nations. And I have her hands. So that picture was taken at my wedding, and the photographer caught this moment where we were putting our hands together. And the second picture was the last picture I had with her while she was alive. The day I anointed her hands with frankincense to prepare her to meet the King of Kings. The night before her funeral, my son, Preston, who's four, asked me, so mom, where's Mama Joy at? I said, well, Mama Joy passed away, but she is now in heaven with Jesus. And he looks at me and he goes, hmm, can Jesus walk? I said, yes. And he goes, well, can Jesus talk? I said, yes. And he said, I got an idea. And he sat up in bed. He goes, we need to catch Jesus. And I started to laugh. <laughs> I started to laugh. And the Lord spoke to me. He's like, that's it. Right there. That's the legacy. That's the message. You need to catch me. And when you catch me, don't let go. In my four-year-old's little mind, I'm going to catch Jesus because I want to get Mama Joy back. I want to rescue her. 
And I spoke to him, and I was like, yeah, we do want to catch Jesus, Preston. You're right. And we want to catch Jesus because he is the fount of joy. If you have lost your joy along life's journey and need your joy restored, or maybe you've never prayed and asked Jesus to come into your heart and become your Lord and Savior, it's time to catch Jesus. I want to lead us all through a prayer. You just repeat after me with every head bow and eyes closed. Just put your hand over your heart. Dear Jesus, we thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Lord, we acknowledge that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And Jesus, we invite you to come and to live in our hearts and to make you Lord and Savior of our lives. And Father, we thank you for the adoption as your son and as your daughter. Lord, we thank you for the joy of the Lord. And as we abide in you, that joy is eternal. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you've prayed the prayer before, but you didn't mean it, I want you to take a moment and fill out the little prayer card on the inside of your bulletin and just drop it into the offering boxes on the back of the auditorium here so we can help you along your journey. I hope everyone feels encouraged today and to never forget that the joy of the Lord is your strength. I love, I love, I love, I love the way you hold me. I love, I love, I love, I love the way you hold me. I love, I love, I love, I love the way you hold me. I love, I love, I love, I love the way you, the way you. I've had a long day, I just want to relax. Don't have time for my friends, no time to chit-chat. Problems at my job, wondering what to do. I know I should be working, but I'm thinking of you and... When I feel this crazy world is gonna bring me down That's when your smile comes around Ooh, I love the way you hold me By my side you'll always be You take each and every day Make it special in some way I love the way you hold me In your arms I'll always be You take each and every day Make it special in some way I love you more than the words in my brain can express I can't imagine even loving you less Lord, I love the way you hold me And put my feet on the ground Forever in my heart Always on my mind It's crazy how I think about you all of the time And 
just when I think I'm about to figure you out You make me wanna sing and shout I love the way you hold me by my side You'll always be, it's like each and every day Make you special in some way I love the way you hold me in your arms I'll always be, it's like each and every day Make you special in some way I love you more than the words in my brain can express I can't imagine even loving you less Lord, I love the way you hold me Done. Wish I could tell you in a short story or poem But all I have is my voice and this guitar And you have my heart Oh, I love the way you hold me by my side You'll always be, it's like each and every day Make you special in some way I love the way you hold me in your arms I'll always be, it's like each and every day, every day I love the way you hold me Make each and every day oh so special I love the way you hold me